Well, um, thank y'all for being here. Um, preachers would say you can tell it's July. You look around, but it's all good, right? So, like I say, like I, like I said last week, y'all gonna get the whole uh, three course meal, four course, whatever it is, um, today. All right, no appetizers. We're gonna go. We're gonna preach it like there's like there's a uh, hundred here, okay? Uh, and so, again, thank y'all for for being here. Um, I actually wanted to read uh, Romans chapter three, um, verses twenty one through twenty six, but I'm gonna wait and read that later. So it was my mistake earlier. I was supposed to read that. Uh, but y'all got Psalm 139 twice, so y'all must need to hear it today. So it was a mistake. But anyway, um, so so can we just uh, take a quick little poll, uh, a show of hands. Um, was anybody like like seriously when you're growing up? Was anybody like actually afraid at one time of ghosts? A little bit. Anybody at all? Not really. Not really afraid of ghosts, Coach. Not really. Okay. All right. Well, um, maybe the movies. You're afraid of the movies more, like Poltergeist or. Uh, insidious or maybe you didn't mind Ghostbusters too much I'm dating myself here but Ghostbusters but anyway um, but did you know did you know there's a new definition of ghost it's called ghosting I bet y'all know all right Coach Mitchell, yeah, ghosting I know my daughter back there knows uh, so uh, ghosting uh, if you didn't know can mean the shutdown um, of or the seizing the stopping of communication with someone without notice um, uh, this can include, but doesn't always require, the closing or shutting down of social media accounts um, or uh, email addresses or phone numbers. Um, basically, where I see it a lot is where I'll text somebody and they don't text back. Okay. Now, I think I'm in the the generation that doesn't appreciate that. All right. Uh, you know, because I'm like, um, the phone is on you. Okay. You're telling me that you didn't look at your phone all day long. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, calling people out. Uh, but, you know, and I'm a, I, I'm sure, I probably shouldn't do this, but they're probably not going to watch this anyway. But my, uh, oh, yeah, ghosting. We're talking about ghosting, Miss Jen. All right, returning messages and stuff. But anyway, uh, I, was, I was told to say your name, so I won't, I won't tell by who. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. Uh, well, I know, my, my, I know they're not going to watch it anyway, but my, ne my nephews and nieces, Okay, are terrible about this. All right, uh, they, you know, I'll send a message and they just won't respond. Uh, now Bailey's pretty good. I'm going to say that Bailey's pretty good, but my other ones, yeah, they got they got tightened up. But anyway, um, you know, it, it's the, the thing is, um, you know, you wonder like how long does it take up? How long does it take you to pick up your phone and send an answer? All right. So what's my point? Well, God answers. Okay, and and uh, I, I try my best to come up with a clever title, but it's God doesn't ghost. All right, uh, he's a he's an anti-ghosting God. Okay, uh, so so that's kind of where we're going there today. But let's let's back up a little bit. This is week three. So if you missed last week, um, last week's central statement was go to God even when it feels like He doesn't hear or help us. He isn't fair, and things are falling apart around us. Uh, and so those that's what we looked at. And so uh, at this point through Habakkuk. Um, you know, if we're, thinking, if we're putting us with Habakkuk, sometimes we do feel that way. We feel like God doesn't hear us. He's not fair. Things are going crazy around us. But we go to God anyway, right? We go to God anyway. Um, and because and going from uh, gloomness to, to glory involves going to God. And so what happens? Well, we wait, and God does answer. He does answer. And so sometimes we may not like the answers, and that was the case with Habakkuk here today. And we will look at 
his response to this next week, but for today, all right, uh, and, and I'm going to have to uh, rely on previous weeks' uh, alliteration to keep my Baptist card, Mr. Lawrence, because today is not one. But, okay, while God, is okay today, okay, so while God does answer prayer, all right, not often in our time, okay, and we fi- feel like he's ghosting us, okay, going back to that term, but we may not believe it, we may not believe the prayer, like, like, you know, unbelief, or we may not like it, which is definitely a case sometimes, or we may not understand it. I don't, I don't get it. Why? Okay, so that's going to be the steps today as we look at the next seven or eight verses in Habakkuk chapter 1, okay? And so we're going to go ahead and read verses 5 through 11, which is the main text today. We'll read 12 and 13 later, um, but if you want to read it from, uh, from your own uh, aisle, your own Bible, or you can look on the screen. Thank you, Kaylin, for taking care of it today. Miss Rhonda is going to Miami, so prayers for her. All right, uh, so... It, it reads this way, look at the nations and observe. This is God, God's response to Habakkuk as Habakkuk didn't understand, um, you know, what was going on. Why, is it, why do I have to look at all this craziness around me, all the sinfulness around me that our own people are, are responsible for? And this was, you know, why don't you do something about it? And God says, okay, I will. It says, look at the nations and observe. Be utterly Astounded, which is when we can get that, uh, we, we not believe in it, okay? For I am doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. And you, you may have heard that verse being used in revival time or things like that. You probably heard that verse. Um, and and, and I, I think it's a great verse. Uh, in the context, however, reading the context, he's referring to this particular time of um, where we have a sinful people that needs judgment, okay? Um, and, and, and God is basically saying, you're not really going to believe what's about to happen. Okay? Uh, and so here we go. Verse 6, look, I am raising up the Chaldeans, which was a worse group of people than the, than the Israelites. Okay? Um, that bitter, impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not its own. Verse 7, they are fierce and terrifying. Their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. We're going to look at all this later. Their horses are swifter than leopards and more fierce than wolves in the night. Their horsemen charge ahead. Their horsemen come from distant lands. They fly like eagles, swooping to devour. All of them come to do violence. Their faces are set in determination. They gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and rulers are a joke to them. They laugh at every fortress and build siege ramps to capture it. Then they sweep by like the wind and pass through. They are guilty of their strength as their God. So the first first uh, point about today is sometimes when God answers prayers, we may not believe it. So again, recall that God had, excuse me, that Habakkuk had asked God some questions and, and the response is something called an oracle, okay? An oracle, O-R-A-C-L-E or a divine pronouncement, okay? Uh, God wanted his people to broaden their scope of focus off of them and to the larger things that's going on around them. So that's a, kind of a, a side road, kind of a dirt road sermon if we want to, and that's just kind of something to ponder, is uh, do, does he want us to do the same sometimes? Maybe to look outside of ourselves more often uh, and, and to not be so um, me-focused or us-focused. You know, I, I do think it is something to consider, you know, uh, to, to think more outside of ourselves. But, but back, that's kind of a, a little diversion, but back to uh, verse 5 specifically. Okay, uh, look at the nations and observe. Be utterly astounded, for I'm doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. So God was at work, even though it seemed silent. He, he already has a plan, uh, and he does today, amen? Um, 
this is part of what is, is called God's, God's sovereignty, which we'll, we'll talk about a little later today. Um, you know, it's his world, uh, not our world. He has it under control, even when it doesn't seem that way to us. And so he tells Habakkuk that they would be astounded, okay, astonished, uh, surprised, um, uh, like a why. Like, okay, see, because while the people hoped, why would they be astounded? While the people may have hoped for an oracle of salvation in response, all right, to, to what was going on, all right, so things are going crazy, God, you're going to save us, right? That's what you do, okay? Um, however, that's not what God does here. Instead of an oracle of salvation, he gives an oracle of judgment. So I, I, I like how David Gusick commented on this. He said it wasn't a too-good-to-be-true thing. It was a too-bad-to-be-true thing, okay? Um, it's like, listen, man, uh, you're going to be surprised in a bad way because you're not going to like the answer, okay? Uh, and and it, Paul also says a similar thing, by the way, in Acts chapter 13 as they were trying to tell the Jews that, their, that salvation is for Gentiles too, okay? Uh, let me refer to that because he's going to, he actually refers back to this verse. So let's just look at that real quickly. All right, it says, Everyone who believes is justified through him from everything that you could not be justified from through the law of Moses. So beware that what is said in the prophets which is what we read today, does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, marvel and vanish away because I'm doing a work of your days where you'll never believe even if someone were to explain it to you. What's the point? Paul used Habakkuk 1 verse 5 right, to talk to these people then when the Jews thought that salvation was just for them. All right? And he's like, be careful now. Be careful that you don't, that, you, that we don't do, that we don't, we're not the same as what happened back in Habakkuk when there was an oracle of judgment instead of oracle of salvation. Okay, because salvation is for everybody. All right, and so again, a little diversion there. We've done that a couple of times today. I'm like, Coach uh, uh, Patrick, you're going on dirt roads a little too often today. Uh, but there are also some other places in the Bible that I want you to see some similarities. Um, now, Isaiah was not a, was not a contemporary of Habakkuk, but he does say something similar uh, in verse 14, chapter 29. He says, "Therefore, I will again confound these people with wonder after wonder." confound, I'll confuse, uh, wonder, uh, the wisdom of their wise will vanish and the perception of their perceptive will be hidden. So in other words, it's not the only time where God does something that people are like, huh? Like what? Okay, and, and I know that some of y'all can relate. You wonder like, why did that happen, God? I don't, I don't get it. Uh, and so the Jews of this day did not believe, a lot of the Jews did not believe that God would allow the Gentiles to overrun their nation. Okay, they didn't think that would happen. Um, Jeremiah, who was a contemporary of Habakkuk, all right, who so lived in the same time period. Um, I'm going to look at 5, verse 12, and then chapter 6, verse 14, okay, because Caitlin does a great job, and you'll see both of them. See the similarities. Um, Jeremiah says, They have contradicted the Lord and insisted it won't happen. Harm won't come to us. We won't see sword or famine. It's not going to happen to us. We won't be judged. Uh, verse Chapter 6, verse 14 says, They have treated my people's brokenness superficially, claiming peace, peace, when there is no peace. And that was some prophets who weren't doing their job, okay, who wanted to sugarcoat things and say, Oh, you'll be all right, when really judgment was coming. Okay, now, and I don't, I'm not a prophet, but I think we need to be careful. Uh, what's the old, say, old saying? Uh, be careful what you say, lest you go in the same place or whatever. I just completely messed that up. All right, but y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, but, you know, um, you know, America is in a situation where we need to be, we need to be careful, okay? We need to be careful uh, lest we uh, go the same path that the Israelites did. Um, and again, see, the thing is there were, there were prophets who did warn them, who did do their job, and who did prophesy, hey, man, be careful. 
Let's, let's look back a little bit. Okay, Deuteronomy 28, 49 through 50. It says, The Lord will bring a nation from far away, from the ends of the earth, to sweep down on you like an eagle, a nation whose language you won't understand, a ruthless nation. We're going to see that in a few minutes. Showing no respect for the old and not sparing the young. It isn't Deuteronomy. It was prophesied. It's going to happen. Right, don't be surprised. Amos chapter 6, verse 14 says, But look, I'm raising up a nation against you, house of Israel. This is the declaration of the Lord, the God of our armies, and they will oppress you from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of the Arabah. So, you know, we see that, that there was warnings to them, but the pride of the people kept them from believing this no matter what. We're going to look at pride later. And this is a little statement. If you are taking notes, uh, go ahead, uh, Kaylin, to the next thing. We're, at each point, we're going to... Uh, we're, we're going to take that point and kind of uh, look at what does that say, what does that remind us about God. And so when we, when we don't believe things or the answers that we sometimes get even through prayer, we are reminded of God's power. That God, that God is all-powerful, okay? And, and, and even, even though we may not believe it, and it might be like a, 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 you know, a, a great answer to prayer, all right, and like you may have prayed for somebody to be healed, and God heals them, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, God, you're awesome, you're so powerful," right? Uh, and so God's power, uh, and I'm reminded, I've, said, I've read this verse a couple times here lately, Isaiah 55 9. For as high as, for as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, old saying is, "There is a God, uh, and I'm not Him." Okay, uh, and so uh, there is a God. Uh, I love how the ESV Study Bible says it. As they, and J. Vernon McGee, I'm going to read kind of both of these because I love how uh, they connect this thought to, uh, to the cross. And the ESV Study writer says, The unbelievability of God's use of a wicked people, the Chaldeans, prefigures the unbelievability of the way in which the injustice of the crucifixion of Christ is used by God for salvation. Right? When you really think about it, it seems so unjust to take a perfect man, Jesus Christ, and him die for us. Right? Um, it's, it's almost unbelievable, or it is unbelievable. Like, why would that happen? Right? Um, J. Vernon McGee says, Today the world asks, why doesn't God do something about sin? And I love how he says, my friend, God has done something about it. He, he can preach it better than I can. Over 1,900 years ago, 2,000 years ago, he gave his son to die. He intruded into the affairs of the world, and he says that he is going to intrude again in the affairs of the world. Yet today the world goes merrily along, picking daisies and having a good time in sin. But God is moving. Like good old J. Vernon McGee can preach it. He's saying, well, we're just kind of just nonchalantly going through the motions. Uh, God is still at work. And I want to encourage you that God is still at work, even when we don't believe that he is, okay? And so while God does answer prayer, we may not believe it, we may not like it, or understand it at the time. So let's go to the second point. We may not like it. I feel like this is one out of all the points today, we can definitely relate to this one, right? Think about our social, all the social medias, all the social media apps and stuff that we have. It's all about getting likes, right? Yeah, uh, even Yelp. Man, if you, if, Coach, if it ain't got four stars, I ain't going to that place. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, you visit in Orlando, am I looking for a pizza place? Oh, I got three stars. I ain't going to that one, Miss Jan. You know, like, you know, which, by the way, we went to one the other day. It was fantastic in Orlando. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, liking is, is such a big deal. And, and it's really easy for us to, dis, to express our displeasure in something we don't like, right? It's easy. All you got to do is put it on Facebook, Okay. I actually didn't know I was going to say this, but I actually typed up a whole thing, a whole thing on, for Facebook yesterday, okay, about uh, uh, semi-truck drivers, okay, uh, and how it seems like it's getting worse, 
All right, and I almost took, I almost sent it, Coach, and I was like, nah, I have some former students and players who are, who are truck drivers, and even if I put some uh, some qualifications in there, it's still not going to come out right. So I typed the whole thing up, Miss Jan, and I, and I deleted it. Okay, deleted it. All right, but uh, but it's easy to to express our displeasure. But we're going to look at those verses there in in, in Habakkuk, and we're going to see what exactly the Jews did not like about this, and you're going to see. Um, it's reasonable for them not to like this, okay? So uh, it's, you know, very, very basic stuff, but I just wanted to kind of break break it down. And so uh, it's not going to be up there, Kaylin. It's okay. I'm going to go ahead and just read these uh, all at one time, and then we're going to look at each one individually, okay? So he, here they are, okay? They would not like this, okay, because, because they would be punished. Um, number two, the Babylonians were, were fierce and terrifying. And don't worry, I'm going to have all this up on the screen in a minute. Okay, number three, the Babylonians had their own set of rules. They didn't play uh, the game the way they're supposed to, coach. All right. Uh, fourth, the military was formidable. Okay. Uh, fifth, they loved violence. Sixth, they were supremely confident. And seventh, they were successful. So they were good at what they did. So uh, those, those are the reasons. So now let's look at each one. Okay. And you can see pretty easily, I think, why they did not like this answer from God. Okay. Uh, why Habakkuk wouldn't. And so verse six. Look, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter, impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not its own. I am raising up the Chaldeans to come punish you. So what's the first thing? The fact that they would be punished. And I've already kind of alluded to it. You had people who didn't really believe it, didn't really think it was going to happen to them, right? Uh, it reminds me of comedian and singer Mark Lowry. Anybody familiar with Mark Lowry? Okay, so Mark Lowry, another great, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, story, connection, um, that uh, illustration where nobody in the house has heard of him, but good job, Patrick. But anyway, all right, so Mark Lowry, Sally knows about him, and the girls, I think, as well. But Mark Lowry is a, is a comedian. He tells a long, long joke about, it was not really a joke, it actually happened to him, how he, he used to get in trouble for his mouth. He said, I know that surprises you that I was a little bit smart with my mom. Okay, I know that shocks everybody in the room, but he, he was smart with his mom, and his mom says, I'm going to tell your dad when, you, when he gets home. And Mark is thinking, ah, she'll forget. She'll forget. I'll be all right. And he made the point that no matter what happened, if the church was open, their family was there. He, made, he actually makes a funny comment. He says, if the, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, they were there. And if the, if the preacher was sending somebody in to clean the windows on Tuesday night, my family sat in the pew and watched them do it. Right? So he's making the point. He's there at church, right? So here's the point. Uh, his dad comes home uh, or, or calls. I can't remember exactly. He says, um, we're not going to church today. All right? Well, I'm going to take you when I get home. I'm going to half kill you. All right? And he makes a funny comment. He says, you ever been half killed? Yeah. Anyway, what's the point? My point was that, that uh, Mark thought that he was going to get away with it. Okay? Um, and he did. Okay? Um, uh, maybe the Jews were hoping to say, it's just not going to happen to us. Uh, but he says, look, I am raising up the Chaldeans. It's coming. Chaldeans is basically sending them for, the, for Babylonians. Uh, so the Babylonians were, were ruthless. That was actually mentioned. That word ruthless was mentioned in another, in, in another section I read earlier. And by the time this writing, they had already marched throughout ancient Near East and conquered several neighboring nations. Babylonia, God revealed, would be the rod of God's punishment of Judah as Assyria had been its instrument of judgment on Israel, okay, but for the northern part of the kingdom. 
So this is, this is the group of people that God had chosen to use to bring judgment on the people in, in Judah. All right? And Ezekiel 28.7 says, I'm about to bring strangers against you, ruthless men from the nations. This is, was a contemporary of Habakkuk. Again, you see the word ruthless. Okay? Uh, they will draw their swords against your magnificent wisdom and will pierce your splendor. So you're not going to get away with it. Coach Kirk, sorry. All right? Judgment's coming. Okay, and then number two, if that wasn't enough, they were fierce and terrifying. All right, now, anytime you anytime you you repeat things in the Bible, we said many times it's important, right? Anytime you read anything, right, uh, uh, Dr. Williams? Anytime you read anything, it's important if it's repeated, right? Okay, I'm not a, a great reader, but I know that part. So uh, it simply says the first part of our seven: they are fierce and terrifying. In case you didn't get it the first time, Coach, it, it isn't fierce enough. You didn't have to say and terrifying, all right? So that's already enough. Uh, the ESV uses the words dreaded and fearsome. They're dreaded, oh, yeah, yeah, and they're fearsome, okay? Uh, this isn't some little country that's coming for you. Uh, to get a little bit of background, King Nebuchadnezzar's son, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, something like that, okay, uh, said that he was his dad was no stranger to the art of war and savagery. Um, uh, the Talmud teaches that throughout his reign, listen to this quote, no laughter emerged from the mouth of any creature. No laughter. Man, when they are in the house, they're going to bring it, and it was going to be bad. Okay? It ain't going to be no laughing, no fun. Okay? It's like, remember the Titans coach? All right? And he says, uh, football was fun. No, he says, zero fun, sir. You remember that part? Like, zero fun uh, during that time, right? And then the third thing, the Babylonians had their own set of rules. The second part of verse 7 says their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. So, so they, they live by rules, like Constable said, they live by rules that they made up rather than those that were customary at the time. Uh, Constable goes on to say it's kind of similar to the Third Reich right, in Germany uh, who called air truth and right wrong to suit its own purposes. Like, uh, have you ever played a game? Right, and Coach Mitchell don't say names of any teams, but have you ever played a game or, or had a, a team play if you were to coach or anything where it seems like the other team didn't play fair? All right? There they twisted ankles coming out of a, coming out of a, of a pile ups. All right, right? Poke people's an eye an eye or anything, right? Miss Jam must have done something like that. I don't know. All right. But you know, step you stepped on you with the cleats, whatever, right? Like you you know, you you, you do stuff that's kinda not by the rules, right? Uh, it just doesn't seem like they played fair. Babylonians didn't play fair. Okay? So the judgment was coming. They're not going to get away with it uh, from a, a fierce and terrifying group of people who played by their own set of rules. Sounds pretty bad. You understand why I don't like it. Okay? I don't like this at all. Uh, and the next, as again, as if this wasn't enough, the, the military was formidable. All right? Go to the next one, Kaylin. They were formidable. All right, uh, and, and kind of a funny story. I don't want to go too far on this. And Coach Mitchell, I think, has heard this story. I know Sally has. But my first year coaching, I needed games. I needed games. I, I, when I got the job, we had like five or six. We had like the district game schedule, and that was it. So like I'm, try, I'm trying to get games um, late. So who you get, whatever you can get. Okay, uh, that means we traveled all the way to St. Augustine to get beat by 40. You know, uh, we, 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 you know we, we traveled all the way to Shores Christian Academy. Coach, I'm thinking, Shores Christian Academy. It's a Christian school. Maybe it won't be bad. Okay? All the way to Ocala, which is over two hours on a bus. And the JV team, we killed them. Our JV team killed them. Like, oh, this might be good. We might have picked a good team to play. We might get a win. Okay? All I can say is they only had six players. 
And all I can tell you, Eddie Battle sat on the bench with me as a manager coach, and we watched their warm-ups, and my jaw was on the floor the whole time, just watching warm-ups. I have never in my life seen a better team in high school to this day. They were unbelievable just in warm-ups. I was like, oh, it's going to be bad. This is going to be bad. You're not supposed to have that thought, but, y'all, it was bad. We lost 78 to 17. All right? Now, uh, side story, uh, turns out, we found out a couple years later, that all those guys on the team were like 20, 21-year-olds playing under assumed name. All right, that is a true story. I'm not making that up. That's a true story, okay? They cannot play, in, uh, or they were suspended from uh, Florida sports for years. I think they had a death. I don't think they can ever play. But anyway, so that stuff happened. So they were formidable that we are not going to beat them, right? And so look at verse 8. Look at, look at how uh, their military is described. Their horses are swifter than leopards. Ever seen a horse like as fast as a leopard or more fierce than wolves of the night? Uh, their horsemen charge ahead. Their horsemen come from distant lands. They fly like eagles, swooping to devour. Look at the words that are used. Their, their horses are faster than leopards, one of the fastest animals in the cat family. And, and while that may be hyperbole, you still make the point. Sometimes you use hyperbole to make a point, right? Oftentimes, right? Uh, leopards, wolves, and eagles are all excellent hunters. Okay? All right, leopards, wolves, eagles, all excellent. I might not be animal kingdom guy, but I know that, okay? All right, they're, hunt, they're, they're, they're great hunters. They're fast and they're fierce. And that's how that army was described. And not on top of all that, as if that's not enough, they enjoyed it, okay? Ver, the next verse, verse 9, all of them come to do violence. Their faces are set in determination. They gather prisoners like sins. Their faces show their love for battle. Coach Mitchell, I don't mean to call you out, but you're another coach in here in the house. But you, did you, you can you remember games when you knew your team was ready just by the look on their faces? I, I can remember games. Well, I, didn't have, I knew I didn't have to say hard anything. My guys were ready. Yeah, they were focused. They're like, I'm ready to 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 destroy whatever's in front of me tonight, right? And and that was them. It says their their faces are set in determination. Okay. Um, they, they knew it. The part, gather prisoners like sand, John Constable says they were as effective at collecting captives from other countries as the Sirocco, the hot desert winds from the east were at driving sand before them. That's what it meant. So we're talking formidable. They're come to do biz, their business, all right, and, and they're going to enjoy it. And they're supremely confident. Next verse, I'm just, I'm just going to read the verse and move on. They mock kings and rulers are a joke to them. They laugh at every fortress and build siege ramps to capture it. They mock, they, it's a joke, and they laugh, okay? They know they're going to win, all right? And then the Babylonians were successful, but their reign would eventually end. Look at the next verse, verse 11. Then they sweep by like the wind and pass through. They are guilty. Their strength is their God, and that's going to lead to their downfall eventually. But let's just look at that. I love how Patterson says, if Habakkuk would have just listened to the last part, Maybe he wouldn't have been. Maybe he wouldn't have had the same reaction. If he would have just just listened to the part which says they are guilty, their strength is their God. And like, if he would just wait and listen to that, he might have had a different look at the whole thing. All right, uh, he might have avoided, as Patterson says, the second perplexity that gripped his soul. The report of which is contained in the verses that follow. Um, do you know why they will come to ruin? What well, says right there? Because of their pride. Their pride. J. Vernon McGee says they considered themselves the superior race, the dominant race, and did not recognize anyone as as being equal to them. 
that will preach, right? See, many a person has been undone by pride. Amen and amen and oh me, right? And oh me. And, and, and here's the, the big highlighted part that we mentioned earlier that went along if you were uh, taking notes as we mentioned this idea of the last one that when we don't believe things, we are reminded of God's power. And this one, and when we don't like the answers we get, we are reminded of something very similar, but God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty, uh, which is something I already referenced, but this the idea that God is under is in control. Y'all ever y'all ever made decisions for your kids that they didn't like at the time? Amen. Everybody, in, right? You know, or for your students, or you know, you know what's best for them. Okay, I'm doing it for your good. All right, um, and and you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna like it. All right, but but I'm in control. All right, I, I'm sovereign here. Okay, and so the idea is even we don't like it, all right, we're reminded that God is still in control. Amen? Okay, and so we may not like it. We may not believe it. We may not understand it, and, and we actually are laying in the plane for sure. This is not going to be a, a long section, so it's an uneven essay. Uh, Dr. Williams, give me, a, give me a D for it today, okay? All right, but number three, we may not understand it, okay? Um, we find that Habakkuk doesn't understand it in the next two verses, okay? And, and let this be kind of an appetizer for next week, right? It says this, Habakkuk responds, Are you not from eternity, Lord my God? My Holy One, you will not die. Lord, you appointed them to execute judgment. My rock, you destined them to punish us. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil, and you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. So why do you tolerate those who are treacherous? Why are you silent while one who is wicked swallows up one who is more righteous than himself? And we'll look more about that this next week. And he's like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Yes, I, I wanted some help here. Bad things are bad around us, but I didn't expect you to send a more evil nation to bring us to judgment. That's exactly what happened. It's a more evil nation. Now, Judah wasn't great at all, but the Babylonians were worse. And he's, he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. He wait, that's your answer, God? I thought you would just kind of just save us, right? No, that's not what happened, right? So Habakkuk didn't understand at all. It makes me think of I'm going. I'm using a lot of sports analogies today, so hopefully you like sports. But uh, you know, it reminds me of when uh, when I first started my first few years at, at Hamilton, and people did not understand why why I would play my whole bench before the first half. You know, if I have 15 guys, I want to play all 15 before half. You know. I want them to play during, during when the game was still tight so they can know how to react if I ever need them in the playoffs. They played in a close game, right? right? If, you, if you never play them unless you're winning by 30 or getting beat by 30, they're not going to be ready for that moment, right? So, so people just didn't understand it. They just understand at all, why does Coach Murphy do that? We should be up by 20 right now. If it wasn't for Coach Murphy tripping, we'd be up by 20 points, Coach. Well, we're up by nine instead, but all my guys have played. All right, and there was a reason for that, and and I'll never forget I, um, Coach John Brown. Bless him, he, he's you know love Coach John Brown. He coached basketball for a long time, way way back before me, and he I think he actually told some people, y'all need to chill out, and let Coach Murphy. He knows what he's doing. You need to let him coach. All right, he, he's he's getting his team ready for the whole year. Y'all just seeing this game, y'all ain't seeing the whole thing, and it's kind of like uh, you know we, we Habakkuk doesn't understand why is this happening, God? I don't get it. The thing is like uh, like Sally read earlier and i read it and we're going to read it for the third time today y'all psalm 139 1 through 4 but if you want to take notes um go ahead caitlin to the next one if you are taking notes when we don't understand it 
We were reminded of God's omniscience, that he knows all things. His understanding is, is greater than our understanding. Okay? And so let's read those verses again. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You observe my travels and my rest, and you're aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You know, you know all things. All right? You are all-knowing God. Before I even say a word, he knows what I'm going to say. All right? And so he is an all-knowing. Uh, he's all-powerful. Power, he is an all-sovereign God. If you don't hear anything else today, in my lack of alliteration, I hope that you get that. Okay, so while God does answer prayer, we may not believe it, we may not like it, we may not understand it at a time. At the time, and so that's kind of a tough word to hear, but but that's not the end of the story. As we have our conclusion here, see, God doesn't ghost anyone. He doesn't. He's not a he's not a ghosting God. It may feel like it. All right? And we may not believe the answer, we may not like it, we may not understand it, but he's still in control. Amen. And again, I love how the Gospel Transformation Bible uh, connects it. Uh, and, and see, there's this whole idea of Habakkuk foreshadows the ultimate good, um, eternal salvation that would come through the ultimate evil, the execution of the sinless Son of God upon a cross, as we connect it to the cross. And it goes on to say, yet in the unfathomable wisdom of God, on that cross, justice and mercy meet. Justice and mercy meet. Jesus receives the penalty that the justice of God requires for sin, and we receive through faith God's mercy and forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal life. See, Jesus took that, that punishment right, for, so we could have a home in heaven. And, we, and boy, talk about not understanding it and some people not believing it. All right, let's, let's read what Paul says to the church in, in Rome as, as, uh, as we are closing this up here today. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which we've quoted many times. They are justified freely, listen, by his grace, by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, the redemption only found in, in Jesus Christ. God presented him as a mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed so again we see that what our sins deserve and i said it mentioned uh you know last week as well you know uh for the wages of sin for what we what we deserve is death romans 6 23 but the gift what we don't deserve of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord so while it may not have been made sense to habakkuk at the time salvation in a lot of ways doesn't make sense and we're definitely not deserving amen but we're, but we're thankful and we're grateful for it. Right? So thanks be to a God who is still, under, still in control, is all-powerful and all-knowing. Amen. We ask Mr. Loris and Sally to come lead us.